host, Kirk Kinsey, and with me tonight is Josh Cacho for the final time in the U.S., for at least for a little while. Josh, how you doing? Doing good. It's been a little bit busy, so as Kirk um, alluded to, my family and I are going to be taking a little bit of a um, sojourn outside the country, then going back home to the Philippines, trying to grow the game back home. When, uh, what's it called? Uh, our... Fortunately, my wife and I, our, our occupations allow us to kind of be a little more remote. So we're going to go back to the Philippines. And while we're there, hopefully be able to continue to hop on the train of, you know, the women's national team for the Philippines doing really well or, you know, qualifying for the World Cup and, you know, even winning a game in the World Cup. And so we want to continue to push that on and kind of grow the sport in a way that it hadn't yet right and so it's been it's been really interesting been introduced to a lot of good people in you know that are a part of the game there in the philippines and hopefully we'll be able to make something happen there you have it exciting times for the cacho family i'm pumped for you man um in the meantime we have to recap two games because we've uh both been so wrapped up in different things that our recording schedule's just not been what it should be this season um so both the 4-0 Colorado win and the 2-1 Charlotte loss. I think uh, we were talking a little bit before we hit record. This is one of those, it almost seems like this is the show that needs to be recorded where we have these Dr. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde performances from LAFC. Um, and there's always excuses. There's always reasons that things are going well or things aren't or whatever. Uh, and I think when we look back at the season and take an honest look, it's like they started out really strong and then they bombed out of, you know, they, well, they made it all the way to the CCL final and then looked completely dead and then completely dead after that, where they, you know, they couldn't even score ever for like a month and a half. Uh, then they come back after a break and they look incredible and unstoppable. And then, you know, uh, lost to, the Galaxy, I guess that was at the end. That was before the break, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they look pretty strong in League's Cup and then a loss there to Monterey, right? So it's just kind of like, I, I, in some ways, I feel like it's a bit of a roller coaster. I do think LAFC has been more consistent on the field than the results show. But I don't know. It's still, it's still kind of this up and down thing. And this week is a perfect example of that. Well, and I think... Here's the thing. So I think it's the easy thing to do, and right, we've seen it across the board, and I do think that this plays a role, right, is, is to just say, well, you know what, the schedule is the reason why LHC have been so up and down, right? Yeah. Um, and again, I, don't get me wrong, you know, like I said, don't don't get me wrong, I do, the schedule is a big factor, right? Um, roster limitations are a factor, yeah. right? Yeah. Neither of which are anything that, like, Neither of which, or both of which, rather, are things that you have to plan for from the very beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Neither of which LAFC seem to have planned for very well, unfortunately, mm-hmm. right? And I think, like I said, yeah, maybe the depth looks a little bit better now, right, than it did before. Now that people are getting healthy and so on and so forth, you know, um, you waited, you know, you finally Gonzalez in, he, you know, scores a goal, starting to look like he's good. I mean, the runs that he makes, right, I think he is going to come good at a certain point because he he has striker movement exactly what we've been asking for you know like and when it tend to be fair we were getting from even an ordaz right comparatively to what other other guys were doing that were getting more minutes right like 
there are movements that are required of a number nine that some guys just don't have. Like, or maybe they do, they can do it, but they don't do it to the best of their ability, right? That is not their yeah. number one thing. Uh, Matty Bogush, right? We talked about this at length, is a, you know, it can can be a good forward. How do you say, how do you say, I told you so in Polish? <laughs> Somebody tweet at us. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, like, and so when you look at the totality of things, right, I think there's a lot of different things that factor, right? But I actually think that there's actually more, uh, there's more telling things than people are probably going to be going to admit, right? Because I think, like I said, yeah. the easiest thing is to just blame the schedule and just say, you know, like, well, these things will get figured out. Ultimately, when I look at the run of these different games and you look at the, and again, I think even if you go back into last season, right, when we went through a rough, a rough, the entirety of last season and the entirety of this season, right? So you have a, a year and a half under Steve Turner to really start to look at what, you know, how he, how they've gone about setting this team up, right? And they can be very successful, right? Again, we won another last cup. Um, there's opportunities there, but they have little to no desire, in my opinion, to control a game, right? It's yeah. it's not part of the game plan. And I do think, and again, it doesn't mean you have to play possession. You just have to be in control of the game. And it's never something that I've seen LAFC do in the last two years, right? There's always that moment where you feel things are out of control. And that's usually where they get snake bitten. But then when you run, when you look at this season again, and how now how we're playing, we basically look like the Newcastle United, you know, Major League Soccer, mm. right? Mm. If teams come at us and we can counter, we're going to tear them apart. No problem. Yeah. Right? We have enough talent there. The sad thing, though, is we have the technical ability, right, when you look at the roster from top to bottom, to control a game however we need to control the game, right? Like, yeah. we should be we should be playing similar to the upper echelons of other top leagues where the best teams in those leagues, whether it be a Monterey and Tigres in, in Liga Mekis, um, you know, United, uh, you know, Manchester United, Liverpool, Manchester City, Arsenal in, in, the, in the Premier League. Do you have the ability to both counter and to control, right? Or you can play counterattacking or you can play, you know, or you can play possession. But you're always in control of the game. Yeah, is in control of the game like half the time. Yeah, I I would love to. So, I, I do think you're 100 percent right that you can control the game without possessing, right? You can control by the way you press on where the ball spends most of its time, right? You can control what the opponent is able to do from the directions that you press. You can say we're going to play in the middle like in, in you know the middle third based on the line of confrontation that we're going to set so i'm getting some feedback there i can stop now okay we're good <laughs> um you you can set a line of confrontation where you want and you can you can you can also funnel people into the middle of the field or to the wings or whatever so there's different ways that you can that you can control the game even without um holding onto the ball that it's not always easy. Right. But, um, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm really not demanding 
70% of possession of the ball. Like, I don't, I don't think you have to do that in order to control the game. I think there's a great example from, from last night against Charlotte where the team is, uh, Often running on a breakaway. Tillman's carrying the ball. He's got three forwards ahead of him. And he just blunders. He tries to slip a ball through to Bowanga. Again, this this idea that I'm I'm I'd have to go back and watch the film, Josh, to be totally honest. But as I'm watching, I'm thinking, oh, Bowanga's there. He's kind of covered up, but Vela's on the on the right hand side. Like, let's slip the ball that way. Ball goes to Bowanga because that's what everything, everything goes that way. And again, he's incredible. If we can, if you can find him in behind the defense, it's going to be a house call, right? Um, the problem is, is they're not in control of that situation. The ball's turned over. It comes right back down our throat. Ilya and, and Maldonado get caught trying to switch off a defender. Maldonado's too too slow to rotate and doesn't block the cross. Like this, this goal is a hundred percent on Maldonado. Well, it's on Tillman for turning the ball over in such a bad in such a bad way. Maldonado for not rotating and blocking this cross to begin with, preventing the cross. And Aaron Long's kind of caught flat-footed trying to pick up the pieces in the box. And, and we all know it's kind of a hobby horse of mine to talk about how Aaron Long is not an international-level center back for the USM MNT. He should never be called up. Uh, he doesn't. He, he's fine as a backup center back for LAFC. I think Jeff Talk, heel of the foot, is... Uh, is 100% right that he's overpaid. Uh, but like he's he's a good backup option, and he's honestly unfortunate here to be caught hanging out to dry by by Maldonado, who doesn't do anything to prevent that cross from coming in. Um, and just the haphazard way that they attack because it's all, well, now, we have, now we have an advantage. We have to push it. We have to push it. Um, I, it's... That's for me. If you're gonna if you're gonna push that hard, if you're going to really sell out on these attacks, it's like we've talked about. They have to finish somehow. You either have to be more clinical, more surgical, or that ball's got to go into the stands so that it doesn't come back down without you recovering. Yeah, and again, I mean, it feels like what is it? What's the saying? It's like a dead clock is wrong is right twice a day. Even a broken clock is right twice yeah. a day. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, like I said, you can still hit, you know, like even bad teams will hit you on the counter, right? Even bad yeah, teams will make you course. pay in these situations. LAFC is not a bad team, right? They have mm-hmm. a very good roster. They're a good team, yeah. which is generally what, you know, which is why they generally are successful, right? But in these situations where they see control, you know, for specific moments of time, right? And again, and that's maybe where I probably have the biggest gripe. It's like, is that they don't they they lose control in the in the worst of moments, right? It's like mm. against Monterey, you're controlling you're controlling you're dictating how things are going for an entire half. That's a great example of how LAFC can control a match without with having like twenty nine percent possession of the ball, which I think is what they had in that first half, right? Right. But control then the match completely. Absolutely. But there's not an adjustment to maintain that control when Monterey makes their adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the biggest problem, right? In this game, you go down or, and, and with also with LAFC, when they go down a goal, there isn't much of a willingness to make an adjustment to play a different way yeah. to be able to control the match in that same way. They're still trying to invite people to come and attack, right? 
which maybe you get you sucker someone into doing it, but that's not controlling the game, right? That's not taking charge in that moment because again, if you go up like what team is stupid enough now at this point to go at LAFC 100% of the time? Yeah. Right? What you do is that if you can if you can get a goal right early on, now you don't even have to. And then they're probably not going to be dangerous enough to really create anyways. Yeah. Right? Because so there's something there uh, if Sorry, there's something that Charlotte does last night where their back line doesn't step as high, right? Oftentimes with a team that is possessing the ball like that or high pressing you, they'll put their center backs right inside the, the center circle on the halfway line, right? Charlotte doesn't do that. Why? Well, because then you leave 50 yards of Denny Boanga, like for Denny Boanga to hit, to just run onto any loose ball into the half, right? And so by, by, bringing those guys back a little bit um, and playing not, and not playing such a high line, you take away that space in behind where you can't just send an aimless ball into the half and have Bowanga crush it. Right. It's got to be a little bit more surgical. And like, I, to me, that's, that's how you beat LAFC. Um, so sorry. I, I, I just wanted to. No, I mean, but that's exactly it. Right. It's like, and they came in with a game plan that, that countered LAFC, right? And yeah. what LAFC had been doing really well as of late, and LAFC had no response. And that's yeah. that's the weird thing in this moment, right? Is for a team that is this talented, that again, when you look at the roster build, there is no reason nor excuse for them to ever be able to lose control of a game, right? Like yeah. what MLS team should be able to rest wrestle control from them? Miami for the course of ninety minutes. It's only Miami. And it's only right. because of Sergio Busquets in the middle and Messi, and, right? And, and yeah. but that's when they're on the field, right? Like, right? You know, right. like, yeah. You know, like I said, if if they if they're when they're available, you know, again, but again, from a pure depth standpoint, right? If you were to have to go over the course of the, you know, like LAFC is the only, you know, like is the few, one of the few teams in the league that has when you look at the the talent across the board, absolutely, absolutely, that should be able to go ninety minutes of just unrelenting talent, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen it. Look, look, look at the Colorado. I mean, I know Colorado's bad, right? But you have the talent there to be able to do it. The question just becomes, are they being put in the best position to succeed? And as we currently speak, even if we were to go back to last year in a championship winning season, I'm not sure that that's been the case. Yeah. <sighs> I I, th- I think that's that's is really what it comes down to, right? Is that especially like like you said, if they get behind, it's not only that they um, that they weren't able to control before, but now they're so desperate that it's like doubling down on all the bad things that they were doing already, right? So there's a moment last night. It's before anybody scores. I think it's in like the 35th minute. Um, Bawanga get brings down a, a long ball, you know, good sequence of play. Bawanga is near the 18 and there's two defenders right on him. And there's some runners around, you know, he's got, I, I think it was Hollingshead coming up the wing. And to me, this is a, if you're doubled right at the 18, I'm thinking, let's play with the ball. Let's, let's just maybe recycle once switch play and see what happens. But it's that same, it's that same thing. Like, no, we have to do it now. We have to, it has to be right now. The ball is at Bawanga's feet. We're going to goal now. 
And it's kind of like, all right, but yeah, sure. Go one V two, like against a set in, like, uh, the, the back line is set in and you have two on you. So I guess, yeah, let's try it. And there's a turnover, right? Um, Vince brought up a great point on happy foot, sad foot last night, where there's a, there's that sequence where Palencia, uh, is sprung forward and he, he's got a wide open pass to, uh, to, uh, sorry, I'm drawing a complete blank right now. I can't remember who it was on the left wing. Um, at that moment, it may have been Gonzalez on the, on the left wing. I think it was. It could have been Bowanga. I'm not exactly sure who it was, but he plays a ball. It's clear that the turf does affect it. and can talk about why in just a second, but like Vince brought up the fact that like, that was just a mo that was a, the result of them playing the ball, playing with the ball a little bit, even in their own defensive third, right? Let's just invite pressure a little bit higher, right? And like we talked about, what do you want from Charlotte if their back line isn't playing high enough? Well, you draw them in with a little bit of ball movement in your defensive third and make and suck them in a little bit more and break the pressure. And like you said, they have the talent to do it. Tillman, Bogic, uh, Ilie, Carlos Vela, Mario Gonzalez is there with his holdup, right? Like you have so much talent. Palencia on the, on the wing or at, at fullback, right? And then you have Hollingshead on the other side. So even if you do have Maldonado and Long who aren't going to play aggressive balls uh, from their spot, you have so much talent around there in the other eight guys that like you can you can play with the ball in your own half. It's fine. And what happens as a result of that? They're sprung forward. Now, I think turf does play a factor in this. If you ever played on turf before, uh, it's it does play slower than good grass. It plays much faster than bad grass that most of us grew up playing on as kids, like unmowed crabgrass. But um, the ball doesn't pick up spin like it does on like a nice, you know, a, a really good pitch that that's a little bit wet. So to me, that looks like a ball that was supposed to get a little bit more spin. You know how you kind of hit it hard with with no spin and it'll pick up. So like you hit it hard to get it past a defender, you know, and then it'll grab some spin and speed up to me. That's what he's going for. Right. Who knows if it's actually the case, but like that ball never gets any spin defender recovers. And so it's no goal. Yeah. Or um, it catches a piece of turf and you yeah, know, like yeah. I said, where the, where the rubber is piled up or whatever it may be. Like, again, that's the other part of it is it's, it's unpredictable, right? Like yeah. on grass, you generally know, how it's going to move, how it's going to, how it's going to spin all those different things. It's fairly consistent. Turf yeah. is not that way. Yeah. So uh, again, like you have the midweek game against Colorado at home where you look spectacular. It's against a poor Colorado team. Sure. But you're still talking about a professional match and they hang four goals, right? Could have hung more on them. Uh, and it's, it's a variety of different ways that they're scoring. They just look unstoppable. Uh, that's the LAFC that we know and love, right? And then they go across. I'm getting that feedback again here. Uh, there it is. <laughs> uh, they go across the country playing in tough conditions on turf, right? It's like you said, though, it's, it is predictable that you're going to have to have these games and maybe maybe the idea is just to, to throw them. I don't know. But um, anyway, it's uh, they end up doing, they end up, again, with the, with the Mr. Hyde, moment where it's like, all right, well, we're just going to play poorly. 
I think the scariest thing for me, Josh, is with LAFC being out of shield contention and not necessarily being in the pole position to have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. We saw how important that was last year, right? And you look across the the, the league to who's in first place and leading the supporter shield, and it's Cincinnati, right? And what does Cincinnati play on? Turf. Turf. So, like you said, not only controlling the game, but controlling your own destiny on where you're going to play and, and whatever. So, uh, I don't know. A lot of interesting things going on. Yeah, again, but it, it the sad thing is, like I said, it's like, I wish it was as simple as just blaming the fact that, you know, we have Brian Rodriguez out there and it's not, you know, and it's COVID and these different things, right? Like when, when they don't, when they hadn't played well in the past, there was clear things to point to in this particular case, right? I said, they have everything available to them. Like injuries are not a factor at this current moment. Those are things yet. They still lack an ability to control game for 90 minutes. And I do wonder what, what it is that separates them from being truly dominant and not having these moments, because again, these moments and the you know, are are the difference between again home field advantage, you know, throughout or right. or whatnot, right? And you know, or at least in at least in the Western Conference playoffs, or again, in this case, it's probably you know, it's a difference between a trophy, it's a difference between a CCL berth, right? Yeah. And again, in, in seemingly thinking that you could control everything, you're controlling nothing at this point, and maybe that's kind of the theme of of LAFC as a whole at the moment. It's like they seem to be able to think that they control everything, but truly are they, I'm not sure if they're ever in control of how they're going about it. Because again, I do think that Steve is a bit blase as it pertains to having a specific way that they're going to control the game, right? It kind of just lets that lets things come to them. And I don't know. I'm again, again, I'm not, I'm not a Steve out person at this point or anything like that but i do think that there needs to be something that says you know that like there has to be these adjustments that say okay when we're starting to feel that control being lost how do we change the game and again i haven't seen it during his tenure one little microcosm of a moment to to kind of drive that last point home about like can we control can we control the game Aaron Long's fouled. I think he. I think he does pretty well to actually sidestep a defender. Just outside of LAFC's eighteen, uh, gets fouled. Free kick. I think Ilya comes over and stands next to it to take the free kick. Long backs up to give him a recycled option, and Ilya, being the Spanish regista that he is, is more than happy to recycle the center back. Right? What does Long do with it? He's def. He's got like clear lanes to to Palencia Maldonado's not in position to get a switched ball because he's never paying attention to anything. Um, and, uh, long just decides to recycle to McCarthy. And so what does McCarthy do? He just blasts it forward 65 yards and Charlotte immediately wins the ball and is back into the attack. Right? So it's like, even, even when, the game is dictating that you have control of the moment, a free kick in your defensive third where Charlotte isn't going to come press you. 
what are you doing in that moment? Recycled pass. So what is Ilya communicating to, to Long? Hey, let's play with the ball, right? Here's the ball. Let's keep it. Nope. Goes to McCarthy. Boom. Gone. And it's like, poof, in 10 seconds, it's over. We, we've lost control of the game again, right? We've lost control of the ball because we just, we don't even want it. We're sending up this prayer ball. Like, I, I, to me, that was the perfect moment, like encapsulation of, of like what was going on in that game. Where it was like, we don't want the ball. Like, here, you guys just take it. And, you know, maybe we'll do something later if we can find a counterattack. I, I, it is so bizarre to me that they won't simply just play out. I, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah. And again, it's not like they're not capable. Like when you look at the players on the team, you have a guy in Philly yeah. who's perfectly capable of playing possession football. You have great midfielders at the time, right? You have Bogush and Rastev at the time who look great on the ball, right? It's not like yeah. we're dealing with, you know, Mark Anthony K and Latif anymore at, at the eights. Yeah. Right, yeah. so that's why, like I said, it, it boggles my mind that there isn't just look at the fullbacks you have, right? Absolutely, <laughs> right. You have there's, excellent fullbacks on the field that can play with the ball, but there's never a thought to just hit a little triangle, move the ball in space, right? Find openings, you know. But instead, it's lump the ball forward. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's Barnsley ball, you know, kind of weird. It really is, and then at the same time. Just three days ago, you had this incredible game where the game plan works like to perfection, right? Uh, and it's another match just like you had against Juarez, right? Where it was just like everything you couldn't argue with. You can't argue with it. When it works, you, there's nothing to be said other than like, this is how they should be playing, right? Uh, but if a team, if a team, if a team cracks the code and you're Monterey and you can pull the right subs or Charlotte comes in with the right game plan, like it is, it, it's almost like a house of cards that'll just crumble. It's just, it, it's, it is weird. It is weird to watch Josh. Well, again, it's like I said, if a team is also willing to give LEFC control, right. They're like, they're saying we're going to give you control. Again, not necessarily possession, but control. Then LEFC is talented enough to overcome that. Yeah. Right. And I think is the thing. Yeah. But if you have a team that's moderately talented and can and has decent enough players to be able to control a game, it's a crapshoot, right? Like maybe LAFC's talent comes through and they're able to kind of salvage things. But a lot of times it's not. And a lot of times yeah. they look, you know, they look out of their depth and, and sloppy and yeah, you know, everything all the sort, right? Because and unnecessarily so, you know. Yep. I think uh, to end to kind of wrap it up on a positive note, you brought it up earlier. This time last year, we LAFC were in a complete tailspin, right? That that June slump that they had this year happened in August of last year, and it took a it took some heroics from Chicho to finally pull them out of it, right? And then they went on a run, and so. And I don't, I don't ever remember seeing them last year as dominant as they've been at times here. Um, so I, I think, uh, um, I think it is, it is possible that LAFC 
right the ship here and and figure it all out and put it all together and, and make a strong run because again when they're on I don't know what team I don't know what team can stop them I don't think Miami has the defensive chops to do it to be totally honest with you you're gonna have to yeah. you're gonna have to take control from Sergio Busquets which is uh not easy <laughs> we'll just say but yeah I mean again like I think that last year we were wondering if we even had the pieces and the horses to get it across the line. Yeah. Right. In this case, I definitely think we have all the pieces and the horses just a matter about putting, putting them in position to be able to do it consistently throughout the course of an entire 90 minutes. And again, I, I, I do hope that the coaching staff will be able to figure that out. Because again, I've, I've liked what they've done, but again, in these big moments, they've seen, they seem to lose that ability to figure that out. As long as they don't go to three men back line, they'll be fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm sorry if you sent in questions for uh, for Colorado. We're just going to hit the questions from uh, – it's getting late here. So we're just going to hit the questions from last night's match. I apologize for not getting that episode out earlier. Uh, the first one's from Lionel Hutz. Concerned about Tillman. Maybe he's dealing with fitness, but he was poor against Colorado and he was abysmal tonight. He might be playing Acosta into a new contract. Uh, Josh, what are your thoughts on Tim Tillman? Came in with a bang, looked kind of unstoppable, and now seems to have plateaued. Yeah, I, I I think there's a little bit of unfamiliarity with the the, the pieces around him, right? I think mm. I think again, I when Acosta comes in, there's a very distinct role that he plays, right? I know like Joe Lowry is not high on Kellen Acosta, but yeah. I've always looked at, looked at him as that like Jordan Henderson figure within the side where, where it's like, seems like a lot of sideways and backwards passing, but generally is going to balance a team in a way that other, that other players struggle to find. Right. And that, that example that you pointed out when he's kind of on that break loses, loses possession and then kind of sets the control going the other way. Acosta is the one, Acosta and Ilya are the two guys on this team that I can rely on to be able to help find that control. And seemingly when those two are not on the field together, that's when LFC tends to lose it, in my opinion. Right? It's because you don't have, you have too many guys doing the same thing and not enough guys being willing to sacrifice, you know, maybe what they're best at for, you know, for the betterment of the team. And I think Acosta does that really well. If you look at Tillman, if he he's capable of playing a deeper lying role, but he does it begrudgingly in the same way that Sifu is. Like they would rather be riding forward. They'd rather be getting in on the action, combining da da da. But again, who's who's supposed to balance the field if Bogus is pushing high or whatever it may be? Does does Tillman have that that spatial awareness to understand what the field looks like, what the situation is, the situational awareness that we've talked about at nauseum over the last couple of episodes, right? Like fielding, you know, like do is he going to make those right decisions? The only two that I trust do that are Acosta and Elie. Yeah. Chiellini, right. That's probably about right. it. That Vela, right, has that high IQ, right? So, you know, but again, some of those guys are not always on the field, right? And so that's where LFC tends to fall apart. It's when you those guys that are the are the better decision makers are not on the field. It's not going to always go well. And again, and you can only put the in that sometimes the decisions that other guys make are going to put them in bad positions. And that's kind of what you've seen. Yeah, uh, I, that I mean, 
the turnover there on that breakaway is just so brutal. So brutal. Uh, it's hard to know exactly like what he's seeing in that moment. To me, it's a failure of execution. Uh, I, I, again, the decision is fine. I think there is space to to try and get him to try and get Bawanga in behind. To me, again, it looked like Vela's the easier play, but uh, not being able to play that pass is is really just not ideal. Um, okay, next one's from Tom Camilleri. I know the other team gets paid too, and some nights the ball bounces funny for everyone, but you need to beat the bad teams. And LAFC have too many non-victories against bad teams this year. I think this is what we're talking about, right? Is they they can they can come out and and just stomp you, or they can come out and lay eggs because it's the same game plan over and over and over. Uh, and if a team effectively takes away Bowanga on the break, chances are slim. Yeah, I mean, again, the thing is the way that. Even you know, for as weird as Major League Soccer is, there it's like the the reward system is still pretty consistent amongst all football, right? Like you're rewarded for consistency as much as you are winning under pressure. Um, like are they? There's opportunities for both, right? And in this case, LAFC is consistent in all the wrong ways at the moment, mm. right? Like they're consistent when they you know like you know they're they've been inconsistent as it pertains to how they perform in games that you know they should just perform well right in these big moments they don't seem to show up always right yeah i mean the one more thing that i'll say about all this is to be fair the global strategy this idea of we have to compete in five different things right the regular season ccl open cup leagues cup uh and then the playoffs this idea that they're probably going to play i don't know 70 games or something this year, some something absurd, right? So let's come up with a model that really maximizes just the, like, I guess minimizes the effort that we have to put in on a, on a weekend, week out basis. So I don't think they were ever going to win the supporter shield this year and put up any kind of fight in any of those competitions. Um, so to me, again, if the if the decision is to punt on these games and be like, you know, if we win, whatever, that's great. If we tie, great. If we lose, eh, we'll still make the playoffs and we'll, and we'll give it a good push there. It's just a matter of seeing what they do in the playoffs, right? Um, and again, we've, we've seen them be really strong at times this season. So we'll see what happens here. All right, at Katie's Monster, I can't keep up. They giveth and they taketh away. I long for consistency. Uh, the game was boring and I could have been happy never watching any of it, to be honest, but of course I will always watch it. Yeah. I mean, we're always going to be here watching, right? Uh, still, it's still our team. Yeah. Again, like it's, it's in these moments, right. They, it, it really forces you to kind of take another look at it and, and it kind of teaches you things about the game. Um, but again, we just kind of, as a fan, you hope that they figure it out and put it together because yeah. it's a lot more fun when you're doing things consistently and winning than it is when you see games like this. Uh, for me, it always comes back to it, it is a little bit harder to support an MLS side in moments like this where it's like maybe not maybe not the Charlotte game, but like in League's Cup, for example, or, or 
in CCL where it's clear that your depth is an issue that's hamstringing you. Um, it's hard. It's hard for me to be like, you know what? I'm totally on board with this league and, and everything and the way that it operates. Uh, cause it, it does, um, I don't know. It, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to just accept that this is the way it's going to be because the league said so. I don't know. Just frustrating. It doesn't have to, I mean, it doesn't have to be it, like that. It's like, yes, yes and no. It's like, at the same time, I do think that, like you said, LAC could have done a million different things better to control that game in the second half against Monterey. Right. And then we're not even yeah. having that conversation. Yeah. So that's the thing is it's like, ultimately you have to have, yeah. Does MLS make you work a lot harder than you should? Sure. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, that's probably the frustration. It's like, it shouldn't be, we make it more difficult than it needs to be. Right. With, with our rules yeah. and roster regulations and different things, but can it be done? Absolutely. Right. Is it, you know, and again, and the way, you know, you just have to play your cards, right. Like I said, and when you look at the totality of things, right, it's like, why is LVFC running out, you know, like some of their, you know, running guys into the ground early in the season, right? When you know that you have, you know, CCL there, land or yeah. whatever it may be, right? Like, you know, I don't know. Hmm. All right. Tony DeToro. It's a funny bunch of LA glamour boys who seem to crumble or give up at the drop of a hat. Poor things they had to uh, they had to fly all the way to Charlotte. Uh, yeah, this is, is kind of what we we're talking about, right? Once they get behind it, it's we're going to double and triple down on this idea that just like find Bowanga, just find Bowanga, and we'll and we'll see what happens. We, we can fix it that way. Um, it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, uh, and sometimes your individual talent is good enough to pull you out, like Gareth Bale scoring. Yeah, in the cha- you know in the championship game, right? Like that talent superseded any tactic or thing, you know, like you're sunk in that game, right? And he, he, he elevates it to another level because he's just that good. And sometimes those talent differences matter, right? But a lot of it can be negated or not necessarily negated, or a lot of it can be, you can elevate that talent even further by having a better approach. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that is, I think we've talked about it on the show, but LAFC came close to not winning last year, right? They came close to us all being like, hey, we need to, like, it's awesome that we made the the cup final, but we got to fix this. We got to fix some things, right? And once they win, there's nothing to argue, right? Hey, you did it. Just hats off, right? Um, but it was, it was, I think, a lot closer than most of us tend to like to remember um, i mean jack elliott like, had us had us dead and buried yeah. <laughs> this in the goal. biggest of games lafc has more losing moments than winning moments mm. that's it mm. right like they like yeah like maybe you you had we had a timely run from Garrett there right we had timely performances from carl's fella but in the biggest of games when you look at the totality of how things have gone they have more losing moments than winning ones. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I, I guess the counter argument there would be that they played in big games to get to those big games, right? So I don't know. Who knows? Uh, La Banda Popular. This one is for you, Josh. 
What are Josh's basic offensive and defensive strategies when he coaches American football? Uh, I used to be like I there was a there was a definitely like a period of time where I fell in love with like the this like Chip Kelly style. We're gonna go as fast as possible, speed, 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 and and it's really just trying to run people off the field with with talent. But I I kind of took a page more from that Kyle Shanahan and um and Sean McVay approach where it's it's doing a lot of simple things really well, right? Like mm. find your base things and do it just do it ten different ways. That and yeah. I think if you perfect those ten different ways, again, the game is the game that we coach, whether it be American football, whether it be world football, whether it be basketball, it's a, ultimately it is a game, right? The best coaches, in my opinion, are not necessarily ones that always have the best tactics. The ones that can blend tactics with their ability to actually coach a person. And then when you can There's find a great the... quote from from Pep that he says tactics are really just personnel, and I couldn't agree with that more. Right? <laughs> this, yeah. this idea that like, okay, well, LAFC plays a four three three, but what does their four three three look like? Well, it looks like, uh a narrow or used to anyway, a more narrow four, three, three, because you have Carlos Vela cutting in from the right. Right. So like it works because Carlos Vela does what he does or whoever does what they do. Right. And so, yeah, I, I agree. Like you have to blend the tactics with the personnel to really make it fit. Yeah. And so again, that's where it was like, I had to take a big step back and kind of, especially within American football, there's like, I think it's easy to have a big ego because you call the play. Right. I call the play that scores a touchdown these different yeah, things. Yeah. But ultimately what I started to realize is like you just what you're always looking for is advantages. Right. Like where can I take advantage of this person? Right. If I, you know, like um, where can I look at a cornerback that's weak and then force a coach to make an adjustment? When they make an adjustment, my next move is already planned. Right. And that's the fun thing that I always loved American about American football. It's 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 trip I'm working. I'm working on the tenth move when they're still working on the first. Right, it's a chess. Are you talking about the Monterey game again, Josh? Is that what's going on right now? Yeah, (laughs) you know, but that—that's kind of how you look at it, right? And and ultimately, it's like you can have that first one. You know, like everyone, everyone's gonna give you their best shot the first five seconds of the game. You know, first ten minutes, first fifteen minutes. But what do you have after that? Right. And 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 I think that's where the you know what is the wheat is sorted from the chat. Or whatever tears, that's saying. The wheat and the tears, yeah. yeah. You know, like ultimately that 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 is the biggest difference. And I think like LAC you know, to get back to our podcast, right, falls in that weird in that weird thing where it's like they can be either one, but they're not consistently yeah falling on that that top side of things. Right. Uh next the next one goes along with it. Alan Kine. They give you just enough hope to kill you. This bipolar thing is a problem, having no adjustments to get it to getting owned in midfield. A problem giving acres of space. Problem decision making on attack going down, uh, going down the toilet when down. A problem sixty five thirty five possession deficit by design is a problem. No, um, I get I'm not. I'm not entirely like like I said that we talked about like, like you can give up possession, right? But you can you could be you have to control the game, right? And again, we've seen them do it at times. The issue is they sit it at times. It's not consistent. It's like the whole game. And then when they give you something else, are you you have that next move and we yeah. don't seem to have that next move. Yeah, that, that I, is, the fact that we don't have another move, even though the talent is in 
in place. Like I said, I, it's one thing if you're limited by who you have on the bench, right? It's like, yeah. okay, if we're starting with this and it doesn't work and we have LAFC 2 coming off the bench, okay, so be it, right? But in this case, when you're bringing up the top, bringing off the bench the type of talent you have, you expect to see more. And I think that's where a lot of this frustration is coming from. Yeah. To be totally fair, I think if you press teams in MLS with center backs like Aaron Long and Kamal Miller and Walker Zimmerman and whoever else, right? Name name the guy. I don't know. Whoever they have in Seattle. I don't know who they have anymore. Don't care. Uh, I think if you press opposing teams in MLS, you're going to create a ton of chances, but you have to press effectively. And this, and this goes back to what we were talking about. Maybe, maybe they don't have the legs to really go out and press. And that's, that's the ultimate game plan is to do enough during the regular season to make it through. And then we, we unleash just an ungodly press <laughs> in the playoffs or whatever it is. Right. Um, so I, I do agree. You don't necessarily have to have all the possession. You can look for other ways to control the game with an effective press, with you know uh, an effective mid block, even. Um, so, but I, I definitely agree with the again the assessment that it's just kind of like up and down. It's it's one day it's good, one day it's bad. So hopefully it all smooths out in the long run. Josh, any parting thoughts before you fly off to the Philippines? Um, I think this is, again, as much as we, I hate to look at this, this Miami game is bigger than it needs to be, right? I think it'll, this is probably a, a great test in terms of being able to control a game because again, you're, the sum of your parts should be greater than, like, your whole should be, you know, like, your entire, your, your depth should be better enough to overcome Miami's yeah. two-man show. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, but the question just becomes, is everyone working on the same level? Are they able to do it um, again? So this is why I think it's going to be a good test because there's enough, there's enough. Messi and Busquets are going to do enough. And again, I like, I like, uh, was it Farias? The, the kid they brought in Argentina looks mm -hmm. legit. Um, but again, they, you should still, with the team you have, you should still be able to control this game. Teams that have have been thus far, right? That have, you know, that have seen that they keep losing to Miami are, are seemingly just willing to give up all versions of control to yeah. them. If ever, that's the thing. Yeah. And so again, it's just the willingness of them of LAFC to actually want it. Not again, not necessarily possession, but you have to be able to put, you know, to set set the tone from the very beginning, and then. When when my when Miami makes that switch, and again, I, I think Tata Martino is a great coach, right? As for he didn't look like it at the helm of Mexico, right? Yeah. But I I do think that he has more in his repertoire than Trent Miller has at this moment, and I'd love to see mm -hmm. that prove me wrong. Yeah, they are one hundred percent going to have to go after Miami. You can't if you let this game come to you. Busquets will pick you apart and and he will punish you. And, and because the guy that he's going to find is Lionel Messi, right? So uh if ever there was a game that you like you want the Latif blessing profile in the midfield, this is the one. 
right? Where you throw in Latif as that anti-10 just to go make Busquets' life as miserable as possible. You're not going to succeed 100% of the time because he's Sergio Busquets. But just do what you can, right? So that way, he doesn't have all the time in the world to pick to let Messi run free, run circles around your center backs, run circles around your fullbacks, right? Um, find space in between. Uh, and and hopefully you can minimize the moments of, of connection there. So, the, I mean, they, they have really got to do something to deny the ball to Busquets, which you can do because their center backs are exceptionally poor with the ball. Again, even though state media loves Kamal Miller, he is not good with the ball. Uh, if you can deny the ball, the entry ball, that's a good place to start. That entry ball from the center backs to Busquets, man, I... Uh, that's where you got to start. Make Busquets drop all the way into the back three um, to pick up the ball, and then don't let him have any time on it. But um, we'll see what Steve does. I, I, again, Steve is a great defensive mind, so he doesn't need my advice. But, yeah, it's just a matter of whether they're able to implement it. Which again, yeah, you know, easier said than done. It is yep. messy. It is Busquets, but again, I, I do think you have the roster to do it. You just have. Again, you can't go in there. You can't be. A, you can't play scared. You can't play. You can't cede control. You can cede yeah. possession, right? Like, but in the way in the in the way that you cede possession, I want to see it. You have to. You have to make this Miami team look like, you know, under you know, like Tata Martino's elf three teams, yeah. where they're just passing around to each other with nothing moving forward. Yeah. Right. If you the other the other part of it is if you commit boneheaded mistakes like Tillman did against Charlotte. Miami's going to put up three or four on you because every mistake that that ends up that you commit like that when LAFC is stretched out, really pressing for those goals, if that play doesn't finish, as we've said in the back of the net or in row thirty, Sergio Busquets is going to get on the ball and Miami's uh, and Messi's going to be free, right? And it's going to be over. So uh, they have to they have to protect the ball a little bit more. Uh, we will see what happens. We will talk to you all. Uh, after that Miami game. And hopefully Josh will be joining us from the Philippines. Absolutely. All right. You can follow the show at counterpress underscore. You can follow me at Kirk Kinsey. Josh. LAC Josh on X. Uh, that's right. All right. We'll talk to you all next week. Good night.